Hello and welcome to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer, a series featuring conversations with experts to share recent market developments, key insights and strategic inputs from around the globe. Greetings. Today's December the 6th. I'm Mark Matthews, Head of Research Asia at Bank Julius Baer and welcome to our podcast. The biggest surprise since our last podcast is the pace of China's reopening. Most political experts on China expected crackdowns after the protests that erupted suddenly two weeks ago, but actually it's been the opposite, and the reopening is even bigger than the most optimistic expectations. In cities across China, COVID testing booths are being removed, and the green health code is no longer required to get into public places. In Guangzhou, a message is revolving around the top of the Canton Tower, that's the city's tallest building. And it says, In other words, everyone is the first person responsible for their own health. There is some confusion, though. Even if public places don't insist on people showing their green codes, many shops and restaurants and places of work still do. Plan doesn't seem to be very comprehensive. It won't be easy. How will authorities deal with the inevitable outbreaks of the virus? How will businesses and consumers react to getting COVID or getting vaccinated? But still, when the main face of zero COVID, Vice Premier Sun Chunlan, who was recently as the 25th of November in Chongqing, told the municipal authorities there to wipe out COVID with greater precision and efficiency, suddenly said last Wednesday that COVID prevention has entered, quote unquote, a new chapter. Well, then it's pretty clear that something has changed. And Dr. Zhang Wenhong, one of China's most trusted public health figures, the leader of the Shanghai team tackling COVID, said on Saturday that China should no longer aim for zero infections, but focus instead on lowering severe or symptomatic cases. The way to do that is through vaccination. China's about to start a big vaccination drive. The goal is to get 90% of people aged 80 and above fully vaccinated by the end of January. Because it's very apparent around the world, the elderly are still most at risk, even in the United States today. COVID is the third most common cause of death after cancer and heart disease, and 9 out of 10 COVID deaths there are people 65 and older. A study published by The Lancet, based on Hong Kong's experience, showed that one shot of Sinovac is about 30% effective at preventing severe or fatal disease for people 80 and older, two shots is 60% effective, and a third shot makes Sinovac almost 100% effective, even for the elderly. It's actually even better than three shots of BioNTech for the elderly. But only 40% of people 80 and above have had a third shot in China. And just how they're going to convince the elderly to get fully vaccinated remains to be seen because money, food, and prizes didn't work before. But still, it's pretty clear the central government has made a decision. It is serious about ending zero COVID, and that message has been communicated to the cities. So maybe the cities that made such a big fuss about zero COVID will now try to outdo each other in opening up. Just like in the old days, provincial governments tried to outdo each other in beating GDP growth targets. For now, our China strategist Richard Tang says that if one is full lockdown and 10 is fully open, then they're really only going from two to four. It's hardly open yet but we know which direction they want to go in. And I remember here in Singapore, where I live, up until eight months ago, there were a lot of COVID controls. They lifted them very suddenly, and people didn't quite know how to react. And in the beginning, most people were still wearing masks everywhere they went. 
But now Singapore is really back to where it was pre-COVID. And in fact, it's booming, actually. Richard Tang thinks the market will keep running ahead of fundamentals in China. And our technical analyst, Mensur Puchinsi, says the fact that the China rebound is broad-based. Equities, high-yield bonds, and the currency all have broken out of their downtrends is an encouraging sign. If you combine that with the falling dollar and the fact that here we are in December, the month of the year when equities are most likely to go up, then our bet is that Hong Kong has a lot more to go even before the end of this year because the Hang Seng Index is still only trading at 0.8 times book. It got as low as 0.65 times book, but it should be at least one times book, we think, given the quality of the assets of the members of that index. If we switch gears and turn to the United States, two economic data were surprisingly strong for the month of November. The first is the jobs report that showed average hourly earnings were 5.1% higher than they were in November last year. The consensus was only looking for a 4.6% increase. Non-management wage growth was even stronger. That grew by 5.8%. So it's clear labor has the upper hand for now. Then we also got a very strong November Institute of Supply Management Service Sector Purchasing Managers Index, 56.5 versus 53.5 expected. What's strange about those is how out of whack they are with practically every other piece of economic data. The others are all getting weaker. Just to take one data point that came out last week as an example, Market News International Chicago Factory Sector Purchasing Managers Index measures the economic health of the manufacturing sector in the Chicago region. And it went from 45.2 in October to 37.2 in November, below even the lowest estimate of the 25 economists surveyed. 37 on the Chicago PMI is a level that's been coincident with recessions in the past. And it's just one of many economic indicators that have been weakening. The Fed's own preferred indicator for impending recessions, the difference between the three-month Treasury yield a year and a half from now and what it is today. By the way, Jerome Powell has often cited it as a reason why they can keep raising rates. Well, that's been inverted for the last two weeks, and he hasn't been mentioning it recently. So maybe we should be thankful the job market and the service sector are both so strong, because if they weren't, most other indicators tell us the U.S. should be in a recession right now. And they also tell us if there is going to be a recession, it'll probably be a very mild one. Of course, the Fed won't stop raising rates unless it thinks inflation has peaked. In Jerome Powell's speech last week, he talked about inflation forecasts. And in fact, he hasn't talked about inflation forecasts since August 2020, when he said that inflation cannot be forecast. So they were going to have to rely on hard data instead. The fact that he's talking about inflation forecasts today, we think is encouraging because it means they won't wait for that elusive 2% inflation before they pause the interest rate hike cycle we're in today. We actually think that inflation did peak a long time ago, back in June, and it'll continue to fall fast from 7.7% today to about 3 to 3.5% this time next year. If we look back to 1950, there's a big range of outcomes for the stock market after inflation peaks, depending on the economy. If the economy is in a recession, on the other hand, on average, the stock market tends to fall another 10% for another eight months before it finds a bottom. Our own estimation is the chance of a recession is still only about 35% for next year. 
In other words, we're currently not expecting a recession. Well, since we're in the holiday season, I should try to leave you with a little cheer. You'll know the S&P has just had two great months. It rose 8% in October, and then another 5.5% in November. Since 1950, there were only 13 other times when the S&P went up 5% or more in two consecutive months. It was only down six months later in one of those 13 times, and 12 months later, it was never down. And, as I said earlier, December is the month of the year that the S&P is most likely to be up 75% of the time. It is up in December, and the return on average is one of 1.4%. This is Mark Matthews signing off for now. I wish you a great week ahead. Goodbye. Für unsere deutschsprachigen Zuhörer. We would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German, where Julius Baer experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German. Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player. You have been listening to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer. If you like what you heard, subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. To learn more about Julius Baer, our people, our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbaer.com. We will be back with a brand new episode soon. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliusbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further important legal information.